Hey everybody, it's Reed, and I just wanted to say that you may have seen me tweet out that this was a longer episode. We actually ran an hour and a half, which was unintended because we were just trying to fill some time because we knew it was a short round. Uh, because of this, I've split this show up into two episodes. We split right at the player recommendation section. So this first part is our round three review and some of the conversations that we had about Atlanta and value hunting that Blaine helped contribute. If you want to listen to the selections, pick up part two, but I still recommend you give this a listen because it was really fun. Thanks. I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode six of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round three and preview of round four. This episode is brought to you by BeardCareClub.com, veteran-owned, zero outsourcing, buys locally, and based in Elsinore, Utah. Yeah, they, they really are RSL fans. Um, if you don't want beard bombs and oils to be greasy and you do want them to wash out with water at the end of the day, check out BeardCareClub.com today. And don't forget, also check out their women's hair oil line and their Send of the Month program. That was fun. A real host. There we go. Or I know. A real brought to you by. It's it's cool, right? I know. Uh, funny thing. I heard that they later. produce uh, beard balm um, like RSL produces red cards. So oh, it's a lot of great quality. Prolific. Prolifically. <laughs> Prolifically and, and quality. So yeah, check out beardclayerclub.com. Uh, anyway, Look, I'm, I'm going to find a way to get my brought to you by still in this, even if we have to get your humor in there. So that was Michael Denton. Uh, I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And in addition to Mike tonight, we have Blaine Riffle with us who uh, helped track down the BeardCareClub.com guys. Uh, we were going to have our special guest that we talked about last week, uh, Abby Lang from Burgundy Wave with us, but she uh, got a little bit under the weather tonight. And so she will be joining us next month because uh, we have Tim Shaw joining us next week. So uh, Abby, sorry that you couldn't be with us tonight. A uh, big shout out to all of the Colorado fans who watch. Uh, we've had some some great representation from Burgundy Wave and Colorado in general early on the show. So uh, we look forward to having Abby come on next month. But we're here to talk about this round three and round four, guys. And round three was particularly special to me uh, because I got to attend my first real in-person MLS game. Uh, and it was a doozy. I'll hit on that later because you don't want to hear about that. Everyone wants to hear about how our teams did. Maybe not mine, but but you guys did pretty well. Oh. Uh, so so Blaine, how'd your team do? Uh, um, yeah. Um, oh, hit it, Blaine. Either one of you. Yeah. Uh, Eighty-four points for the round, and that uh, that's without Rooney and without Vela on my team. So I can't complain too much. I did drop a little bit in the overall rankings. I think uh, thirty to forty-five spots overall, but. Not terrible. I think I won every head-to-head -head this week, so I really can't complain that much. I think the big discrepancy in points was, did you have Rooney? Did you captain Rooney? Did you have Vela along with him? Uh, there were a lot of midfielders that hit this weekend. Uh, 
few guys that were on the value game that yeah, we were, definitely. we told you to watch out for. Uh, Daniel Royer put up a 13, and Michael Bradley put up an 11, which gave them both a 0.5 increase on this. Uh, Sean Davis went up and put out a 7. I did go for two of those, got him uh, self a 0.3. Uh, forwards, on the other hand, it was kind of a lackluster week, unless you had one of the few mentioned names or not. Like, I think I have, I got a, a whopping 12 points from a three forward set this week. So uh, not too happy there. And of course, Saro just continued his rampage of uh, 15 points with a goal and a clean sheet. I mean, that dude's just on fire right now. Mike. Uh, yeah, about the same. I mean, I played um, with to try to be a focus on price increases. Um, although I did switch to, um, I dropped BWP and Kaku from my recommendations last week uh, when Kaku was not starting and picked up Royer and Joseph Martinez, and one of them worked and one of them didn't. Um, but I was saved by my bench players with Sorrow and Moreno, um, both hitting big for me, um, which pretty much saved my week. I ended up with 86. Um, I won them all my head-to-heads, and I had a pretty good um, price increase. Um, I don't remember what it is overall, but I think I got – almost 0.5 on pretty much everyone I had targeted. So uh, no complaints there. Got my price wise, rose up in the rankings, um, 1690 overall, which is not good. But considering where I started this year, um, I will take it for this week. <laughs> uh, I've actually had probably my, my worst start in, in the past three or four years, uh, but I don't care at all. Uh, this, <laughs> this week, because this week was super fun for me. We had the poll that went out and uh, the the listeners of this podcast, so you guys, you guys listening right now, uh, voted that you wanted me to go heavy on FC Cincinnati. And I did that. I took three players from FC Cincinnati on my team. Uh, I did Richie, I did Safe, and I did Adi. And uh, Kenny did not play. So that was, uh, I was a little surprised after he came on and did so well with the attack last week, but I can understand how they would want to be more conservative against Portland, <clears throat> expecting them to come out big. And then whenever the tides turned, why you would just not change because why change a good thing? Uh, Adi left early with an injury at the end of the first half and Kenny did put up, or not Kenny, uh, Richie did put up nine points who actually outscored my, my main keeper, uh, Stefan, who got eight, but uh, pretty solid points right there. Um, Richie was the best keeper in the round. He was. It was it was fantastic. So, I mean, I think that <laughs> – and he had some great saves. That I was I was 13th row from the field. So, uh, it was pretty pretty awesome to see some of those saves that he was able to, to put out there. Um, my, my only two players who really did anything for me were Saro and Acosta. Uh, everybody else uh, – well, I also had Gressel, and he was okay. Uh, everybody else just did not perform like I had hoped – they would. Uh, Toronto giving up some of those goals made made their made De Leon not come out for me. Uh, Robinson got five, so that's that's fine for me with a defender. I went when I saw the Kaku wasn't playing. I reshuffled things, and I had I was like Velo Royer, Velo Royer, uh, and I did not go with Royer, and so that was uh, that was a disappointment for me as well. So I went with the wrong New York Red Bull, and then my bench didn't do didn't do great for me. Hollingshead came up with the three points. Uh, so, but I, I did like you, Mike, I, I was trying to find a middle point between value gains and some success. And I thought some of these players could, could do a little bit better. I thought there'd be more clean sheets than we ended up having. I had a substantial value gain. So I'm hoping to put that to work for me in this short week that we have coming up. Um, so yeah, uh, I didn't do very well, but FC Cincinnati beat Portland three to zero and I don't care. <laughs> I don't care 
at all. Uh, so that's uh, that's how we did for round three. Hope you guys uh, listening were doing better with the advice that you've been hearing uh, from us and from participating in the Discord chat over at MLSFantasyBoss.com and over at r slash fantasy MLS. Uh, do a quick review of how the Experts League is going. Mike, you won handily uh, over uh, Mito from Fantasy Football 24-7, 86 to 68. Flip that score around. Uh, I got stopped by Matt Doyle, 61 to 96. So, so Doyle came to play. Uh, and, and again, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Jason beat Bobby Warshaw 99 to 90. That was a pretty tight game. Uh, good, congrats, Jason. Uh, and congrats to Bobby for having what maxed out the team name limit with his with his team name. So that's pretty funny. Uh, Blaine, you you won. Uh, who did you beat? Um, oh, you beat. Uh, um, I can't get it to, to load. One of our Minnesota. Uh, yeah, last name Watson, I think. Yes, Watson, uh, over over from Minnesota. He's the sideline uh, reporter over there for them. Uh, Eighty four to sixty, and uh, top scores this round go to Ben Bear from MLS and our Patreon supporter Jason Morris with one hundred and two points. Uh, one of three people in the league who got triple digit points this week. So, congrats, guys. Uh, this is a pretty vicious, vicious league uh and i am bearing the brunt of it right now so i'm hoping to turn around after this poor start but hey that's why we have two seasons if you're doing poorly right now and you're getting a little frustrated don't worry keep playing keep an eye on the players and how they're performing when things reset after the gold cup it'll be it'll be a new season and you'll be able to know who you're going to target when you move ahead so don't be discouraged especially if this is your first season uh now guys let's talk about round three, and just some of the key fantasy takeaways. And I've got several that I wanted to mention, and uh, feel free to chime in whenever you'd like. Uh, we're going to just go from top to bottom starting out. Seattle is on a roll. Uh, I read that this was their best start, like tied their best start ever in the club history with these these three wins. Uh, Ladero, Morris, Rodriguez, clearly the three fantasy go-tos that you want to look at with these guys. Um, haven't always been clean sheets, so you had to so worry about some of the defense. Leardum, though, is uh, been a standout, but we've mentioned both he and Smith several times in the podcast, so you know what we think about them. Uh, they have two more easy games after this bye round. They're playing uh, Vancouver, I believe. Let me load that up real quick. They're playing Vancouver in the, at away and then RSL at home. So I think we'll have at least two more pretty solid games, fantasy-wise, from Seattle before we have to start worrying about some of the tougher teams coming in and, and cutting into those points. Uh, one note about Chicago, though, they are kind of disappointing, especially their big names. But uh, CJ Sapong has two goals and one assist in his first three games. He played up top, came back off to the wing when Nicolet came in, and uh, he's still been doing some production. And that's – I don't know if I'm going to tell you to get – in fact, I'm not going to tell you to get CJ Sapong. But if something comes up and you've got some money lying around and you look and you're like, I'm going to take a flyer on Chicago, he seems to be the one producing right now. So keep an eye on his form. He seems like a good expensive um, switcher option. <laughs> right, yeah. Later in the season right. when you have just way too much money. Uh, right. yeah. Some no, people are getting to that point already. Some they they are. are. But, I mean, it's it's worth noting. I mean, he's he seems to have accepted it pretty well. He's succeeding, and he, he's, a, he's a bright point for Chicago right now. So that, that trade has, has paid off for them. Uh, we mentioned Sorrow in our uh, review of our teams. Uh, right now, he is outperforming the expectations of, of what he would do. I don't. I don't think he had ever scored for the crew before this season, or had been very rarely. And he's got two goals right now. Um, so just just careful. 
He's probably going to be good for some price rises for the next couple of weeks, but but don't expect to get goals from Sauro every every round. Also want to point out Paxton Pomacall from that game against Dallas. Uh, he got another start, and uh, he's 6.7. So if he continues to do that, he's, he's a great value with Dallas moving forward, especially for your switcheroos. Uh, Vancouver had a, a, a halftime sub that came in, uh, Bangora, and he is a 6.6 midfielder. And he made a quick impact uh, with with the offensive uh, form for Vancouver. So keep an eye on that if you do go with the Vancouver at some time. They've been scoring some goals. They haven't been on the right side of the, the total points scored at the end of the day, at the end of the game, but they, they have been putting up some points. And if he does continue to play 6.6 is a great shout, shout out for, for a value midfielder. Uh, adding to that list that Blaine was talking about at the top of the show, how some of the value players were really coming on. Um, but also, this is Houston, and Houston's weird. I like you got to watch out for that forward roulette goals that Houston has, and the CCL that's been going on has been causing some rotations. But uh, Memo Rodriguez is a five point six million dollar midfielder, two goals this week, and uh, that give and a goal last week. So back to back games with goals if if he continues to see the field even now that ccl's over that's that's a steal in the right situation so mm-hmm. keep an eye on that someone going to comment or just mm, agreeing 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 yeah. <laughs> uh piotti's great on the road piotti's great at home piotti's just great uh he's he's super impactful for the impact uh do you like that um <laughs> But yeah, no, Piotti has been doing well uh, this entire season. I think he's clearly a guy that we can go ahead and already say he's he's worth considering under the right matchups, home or away, uh, as so many of these big players do. But you never know how they're going to be at the start of the season. Piotti seems to be rolling with that. Uh, they get harder for Montreal, though, over these next three rounds after the bye. So be careful with Montreal. They've got Sporting Kansas City away, New York City away. And then they have a double game week with DC and Columbus. So it's not going to be as easy, I think, as uh, the first part of the season was with San Jose, Houston, and Orlando. But um, you never know. You never know. But Piotti has been a, been a standout player there. And Rudy is on the score sheet with an assist at this last round. So that, uh, that's good for him. Build some confidence and maybe see if that goes anywhere. Uh, it won't. <laughs> well, you, know, you know what? What I like to think that we do during this section is is point out some of the players that that people may not have on their radar, and he's probably not one of them. Yeah. But you know, it's. I a, mean, if, if he's on your radar, you put him off your radar. Trust me, I've uh, I've, I've done that song and dance before. <laughs> I'm going to take a quick break right now because uh, DC United won five to zero. This week, uh, I will say I was talking on on uh, Sirius XM today or not today last week with Jason at the United States of Soccer, and uh, I went with Acosta as my captain. He got me thirty points, so that was fantastic. And uh, we had mentioned Rooney, and I'll say now what I said then, and I stand by this. I tend to prefer forwards or midfielders over forwards uh, in big games like this, just because I like the bonus point potential that they have, uh, especially when you're looking at someone like a Rui Diaz or a Ladero or a Rooney or, or an Acosta. Um, Skylar Redpath did point out on Twitter when we were talking about some of this, that 
that set pieces that Rooney takes and is involved in uh, and his willingness to pass in general, I'll add, um, makes him a bit different of a player. And that's completely true. And I get it, uh, but I can't fault you. And I'm not faulting myself if you did go with Acosta because I, I just think that those midfielders tend to be so impactful and their bonus points to the payoff more usually than a forward. But uh, Blaine, do you have DC comments? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really do have to issue a formal apology to everybody who follows me on Twitter and took my advice, which I know there was one guy who had it captain on Rooney. And after listening to us last week and then seeing my thing on Twitter, he switched away from captain Rooney. And I don't remember who he landed on, but that one just made me cringe a little. I was very vocal on Twitter right before it, that I had Rooney down as like my eighth or ninth forward for the round i like some other matchups it was and um as i like as i put it today rooney sent Romando off into retirement with a hat trick um Romando couldn't get him this time so yeah i messed that one up so sorry if anybody followed me on that one i do stand by some of my initial comments though um you for this game, you can't predict a red card or multiple red cards and uh, an early penalty like that and what it changes. I still think this RSL team has a lot to offer, um, but they got completely shredded on that with the penalty and then the red card and then the floodgates just open. And when there's blood in the water, DC is that good and probably better than I expected to start the season. Yeah, they're number one right now in the standings. Mm-hmm. Do you have a comment, Mike? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, the reason that I had had BWP in my lineup uh, on the podcast last week uh, instead of Rooney, because um, I had pretty much had to decide between those two because of my budget. Um, I decided with BWP because of the difference between San Jose and RSL and their history. Um, RSL had only conceded one goal over the two games that they had played so far, uh, and they looked a little bit better defensively. Um, San Jose, I, I don't think they've shipped two plus in each of their games, um, at least. I don't remember what they would the first day, but I mean, they, they look like a total tire fire. Um, and so I felt like the New York Red Bulls, um, especially, you know, I didn't think they had the buy. Um, I think they were more situated for price rises, and Rooney and DC United had been stopped in the second game against New York City. And I don't think New York City's defense is that good. So I, you know, Obviously, I had Wayne Rooney a lot better than Blaine did. I think I had him as like third or fourth overall. Um, and honestly, I probably should have switched uh, BWP to Rooney if I hadn't done it in a panic. Who was like, oh, shoot, the Man City game is over and Kaku is somehow not starting. Ben, I need to, you know, because my son is playing and he had Kaku. Like, you got to go run over and get, switch your team. So if I didn't panic that, I probably would have switched to Rooney. But um, yeah, I mean, you know. Red cards and that make a, a huge difference. And I mean, the Red Bulls picked uh, four, excuse me, scored four goals. So it wasn't like they had a terrible performance and, you know, it was just where the goals came from. And I'll tell you what we'll try to do. Uh, I've been wanting to get a, uh, a second video going uh, for the last three weeks. Uh, frankly, I've just been trying to think of a good topic or good focus for what we could do for sort of a, a late week follow up video to the podcast. And this may be the great idea. So, uh, at me on Twitter, send an email or do, do something. Let me know what you think. If you want us to do a, a, like a short 15 minute, if even that long, 10 to 15 minute uh, 
podcast, maybe it's just me, maybe some of the guys joined, of what did we miss? What did we forget from the from the show? So if, if we didn't mention Rooney, if someone wants to be like, hey, hey, you didn't talk about Rooney, what do you think about him? Send us that question and we can follow up on some of those those quick replies that people are really having as burning questions. And maybe that can be the video that we do as a follow-up. So let us know if you like that idea or if you have another idea for what you'd like to hear as a, as a follow-up video, uh, kind of a little treat that we have. So let us know about that. Uh, moving on, uh, LA Galaxy. So um, Alessandrini has been injured. Uh, Zlatan has been out. And so we've seen Pontius and Legit back into the mix of things. Uh, they're both great values. With Zlatan coming back, I don't think we're going to be seeing Pontius out there anymore. But uh, but keep him on your radar. He, he played up top, and he got a goal last week. And that could be uh, some great value and a great switcheroo option in the future under these right situations, especially since Laton doesn't like to play on turf as well. So uh, keep both of those guys in mind for, for switcheroo options. Legit in general, he, he's pretty solid. So when he's healthy and back, I expect him to be in the starting lineup uh, will be a good option if you're trying to, to get some LA coverage and you don't have the money for someone like Alessandrini. Um, Vela, oh my gosh, Vela paying off again in that LAFC game. Uh, I think LA ha LAFC has uh, apologies again to Matt Pollard for his association with this team. Uh, but for LAFC, I think we've got uh, two two more good rounds out of them that you can expect Vela to do some production. I don't think he got the call up, Mike. Is that true? Is that right? Vela did not. Yeah, yes. that's what I thought. Uh, RSL at home this week, San Jose away the next week, and then DC, and then followed by Cincinnati. So uh, over these next four rounds, it's probably at least three more good games for LA out there. And I think Vela is going to be a staple for a lot of teams going forward, especially with that form that he's on right now. Uh, this brings me to FC Cincinnati. I am rocking my, my Lexington orange and bluegrass scarf today. Uh, it was, it was orange fantastic. The orange and bluegrass. Yes. It's, it's pretty awesome. I'll show you the special little, little crest that we've got right here. The orange and bluegrass. Um, <laughs> That's right. That's right. So uh, it's a pretty awesome scarf, I must say. A uh, great group member of the Pride and uh, Lexington's. I think they've got about 60 members down here in Lexington right now, Lexington, Kentucky. And so it's, it's, it's rocking. It's growing. Uh, but a uh, fantastic game. 3-0 uh, over Portland. Uh, missing Diego Chara. Huge for Portland. It, it's statistically significant that when he's not there, Portland does just poor. And uh, – that's why I was so willing to get SC Cincinnati players onto my team. They didn't all produce for me, but I mean, whatever, they won. So uh, that was a fantastic game. It was great to see in person. I got to meet Andrew Wiebe, and that was really fun. We got to chat for a little while, like like five seconds during the march, which was amazing. And uh, then we got to chat for about 10 minutes uh, during the game before it started. And he he told me he set his team this week, and I think I think he really did. He's really trying uh, made sure to double down on him to, to keep him accountable. Um, and I even gave him a scarf to like guilt him into, into playing more. Uh, so, so we'll see how that, how that pans out. We may have to like have Ben bear revoke the scarf from him or, or maybe we'll actually get a wooden spoon and engrave his name in it and send it to him. If he, if he stops playing that, that could be pretty fun, but, uh, it was great fun to, to be at that game. Uh, great fun to see the win and great fun to meet Weeby. And it was just, it was, you can see my little towel, Back behind me, didn't get the scarf, but I got the towel, so that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, it was it was great to see Cincinnati produce fantasy related. Now uh, they've got some midfielders there that that have offered some value. Several call ups, though. I know Michael mentioned 
Later, so keep an eye on that. And Adi did go down with a, with an ankle injury at the end of the first half. So if you are thinking about taking a flyer on him at some time, he may be out. Uh, he did have to get assisted off the field. Uh, maybe it's just a, a, a sprain, but we'll have to keep an eye on Adi going forward. Uh, I want to talk about Atlanta now with you guys for a second. I know on Extra Time they were talking about, is Atlanta in trouble? And some of that answer was yes. And so now Will have that little segment right here. Is Atlanta in trouble? I know they just crashed out of CCL, and this was Philadelphia, but it's Philadelphia on the road without Fabian. What happened? Um, Pity Martinez is not good. I mean, maybe he will become good, but he's not good. And I know Blade is going to kick off this. He has absolutely no interest in passing to Joseph Martinez. That like there is no chemistry with between them whatsoever. Um, I, I mean, when Atlanta scored, I mean Atlanta did have some chances where you know if Joseph Martinez was a little bit more clinical, they they could have won this game. But it, it's certainly not the Atlanta that we're used to. Um, and so I think our fantasy expectations are going to have to change. But uh, what it changed was when Barco came on the field, he was looking for Joseph Martinez, you know, because to everyone else, Joseph Martinez is the best player on that team, not Pity Martinez. Pity Martinez is the best player on Atlanta, according to Pity Martinez. Um, and I don't know if uh, DeBoer has the um, man management to, to fix that. And I mean, look, I mean, it's Pity's third game. I don't want to like write him off completely. Um, but I mean, watch it because I, I watched that game entirely it was like one of the few games of this weekend i watched entirely they, they're not in sync they, they don't have the chemistry that almiron and just martinez which i mean was really a very special chemistry um not only because almiron was a special player but because they both were on the same way none of that is true and pity martinez is not a good enough chance creator on his own and everyone else is looking to give chances to just martinez so uh-huh. um yeah i i i think there is a I mean, as far as like fantasy is concerned, there's real trouble. I'm sure the team is going to make the playoffs. So it's not like hit like that much of a panic button. But as far as like the Atlanta the of last year, it's not coming back. It's like yeah. to point out that Cincinnati currently has more points than Atlanta and is ranked <laughs> sixth overall. I I would say something, but I'm sure you would hit me with <laughs> another fact there. Hey, I. I <laughs> <laughs> just hit it while you can, and I'm just pounding the drum for right now while I can. I mean, it, also, Atlanta has no never – I mean, Cincinnati is currently leading that tie on away goals. Too. <laughs> <laughs> we were also never at any point always losing to Seattle. So, Yeah, I <laughs> uh, I crunched the numbers today for Twitter just because I was posting a, posting a topic that I wanted to kind of discuss with some people. Um, your top five Atlanta attackers are down 3.7 million on the season already in value. So if you've been riding the Atlanta band- bandwagon, you have taken a massive hit, and that includes uh, both Martinez's Gressel, Barco, and oh, I'm blanking on the last one. Blalba. Yeah, I think that's who the other one I was looking at. So I mean, that's a 3.7 million drop. That means they're trending down hard and trying to re- the system's trying to readjust their value towards away from being premium players. Um, this is just bad. Um, I've been on, honestly almost looking for fights on social media with Atlanta fans, not in, not as in like coming to blows, bad fights, but I, I keep asking every single, every single Atlanta fan that I talk to, who's your attacking midfielder? Who's your 10? Um, I watched part of this game over the weekend. 
they kept the commentators in the game kept saying uh, Martinez was a cam or Martinez was a 10. He is definitely not a 10. So I don't know what delusion these commentators are under. <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't want to be harsh on them because I know we've got a kind of a budding soccer culture in some of these areas and they may not have the greatest soccer minds coming in. But if that's what they're being told and that's what they're being fed, they're mistaken. They're being misled. Well, and that's the Atlanta line. I mean, they, they gave him the 10 jersey, and, and that's what they promoted him on. Is that he, This is Almiron's replacement, like for like. I mean, that that is 100% Atlanta's um, promotional material. And, yeah. you know, those announcers are, you know, I mean, they're, they're not yeah. the worst announcers as far as this, but they're, they're going to spit the company line, Atlanta's <laughs> announcers. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, I'm, I'm not holding that against them at all. And I talked to a couple of Atlanta fans today that were a little more real about it. They said DeBoer is playing a 3-4-3 because you don't need that 10 in that system. If you play it a certain way, you can do it with two more box-to-box defensive midfielder types in the middle and let your wingers do, your wide mids do a little bit of the work, and you put your playmaker like Gressel and Pity on the wings. And that can work, but it's not. So now it's time for Atlanta to shift. Um, what you said when Barco came on, um, uh, a couple of people said they, that was a formation shift to a 4-5-1. That means they've got to have a playmaker in there. If that's Barco being the playmaker, so be it. Let him do it. Atlanta needs to either pick Barco or Martinez or Gressel and stick one of them in there as a 10 and switch the formation because until they do, they are going to continue to tank this season. I have, They will not be in my fantasy lineup until they permanently switch that formation because there's too much risk. I mean, Maybe at some point when Mar- when either one of the Martinez's is down to about an 8-5, we'd be stupid not to take him on some of the good matchups. But that's going to be a long time of adjusting down. But they're tracking towards it right now. And we can see I, the, the value does seem to be reacting quicker. We still had several players getting uh, 0.5 gains. I had maybe three myself. I almost got a 3 million gain this week. Uh, but Ibarra was one. He got one point. He's been doing well the last two games, and he gets one point this time and, and goes down in, in points. So uh, I think we are seeing some more of that current form not being uh, – or the current form having more impact than the previous form not carrying over as much. Uh, it definitely still is. It's all about that – that average. And it's a little bit difficult, especially this time of the year to make those guesses because of the, um, the guess that had to be used at the beginning of the season in order to, mm-hmm. to put the players at where they're at. But uh, you guys, have, I think have hit the nail on the head with some of those, those woes with Atlanta looking forward. They're on a buy this week. Next it's a way to Columbus. And then they're on another buy. personally. Uh, you guys let me know if you disagree, but personally, I think that maybe next round against Columbus, especially since they have been doing pretty well, you, you wait, uh, don't take an Atlanta player and just see what this team can do. They don't have CCL anymore to get that. Uh, the next after their next buy, uh, this would be round, but uh, I don't know. Um, it's on the uh, April April 9th through thirteenth round, right there. Seven. Yeah, there we go, round seven. And uh, but they're going against New England, so that should be a much easier game for them. And maybe that's a time when you can give a chance for one or two Atlanta players. But I would I would wait. I would fade Atlanta uh, coming up in uh, round five and and just see how they can regroup and how they actually line up against uh, Columbus. 
Uh, moving on, uh, last couple of games I want to mention. Uh, we talked about Bradley and how he got two games before. Some, several of those Toronto players looked like a good bet, and uh, they did get some points. Uh, he Bradley came up with assists. And then another value player alert here, uh, Chapman, a $6.2 million midfielder, came away with two goals in this game. Uh, but will this be his last time they had a ccl as well he has not been putting in full 90s and either i think did one minute in the first game and then he got 70 something or 60 something in this game uh so the future of chapman may not be as a as a great value player but definitely want to keep an eye on in case he does work his way back into uh, the starting picture especially with uh canadian cup in the future for toronto uh, and then finally, uh, Blamey might let you chime in on this one again right here. Sporting Kansas City does not rotate. Yeah, uh, they're looking to get the points early. Vermes was on record saying if you want to be an elite team in this league and in CCL and really in the world, you can't rotate just because of a little bit of fixture congestion all the time. You've got to be able to play through it. And he's he's putting the team on the field that he thinks can play through it. Um, Russell did get a break. Uh, Rowe came in, but I think that was the only real rotation. Uh, Shallowy picked up a knock in that CCL game and came out, and Gerso came right back in. But he's, uh, other than injuries, he's been pretty faithful to his core group of guys and letting them run the show. And I, I, you can fault him for some things. Maybe it was a little bit of tired legs against Colorado. Maybe it's just the one big mistake that was there, which with all the saves Mealy has had for Kansas City, one he's allowed one mistake at some point. I mean, this was a costly one for fantasy managers, but I can't fault him too much. Uh, Rubio just had an amazing pick right there, and that was Colorado's lone goal against him was picking up a goalkeeper error. But you got to say, uh, coming away with one point when you're traveling to Colorado, I can't think is looked at as too big of a disappointment. No, especially not at all. You, especially when you played on Thursday. You know, yeah, we haven't um, going we to haven't altitude in, is not a good play a trip. Yeah, uh, we haven't <laughs> won in Colorado since 2014. I mean, this was not a big shocker. They were talking this was the final of six games in 21 days, something like that. Like, mm-hmm. and, and you you think the first team really rested for the one game in Panama? Uh, the rest of it's been really are pretty much a first team all the way through these guys are sitting on four points in the west um with two ro- uh, with a road loss and a road tie i mean i i can't complain a whole lot on this um and we're the last team alive in in, in ccl for mls so all things considered i think this was a pretty good stretch for them yeah. Just don't expect a lot of rotation. I think we've got our answer here. The CCL continues as U.S. Open Cup continues. Don't expect a lot of rotation in the MLS lineup. Vermes is going to go for it. Yeah, and their uh, schedule is is pretty good. Over uh, After this bye, they've got home to Montreal, then away to Cincinnati, and then home to the New York Red Bulls, and away to San Jose, and then home to New England. So that that's a pretty good lineup for Sporting Kansas City, and I could easily see – working in a couple. I don't know if I'd go three Sporting Kansas City, especially with some of their, their pricings, but I could see a couple of Sporting Kansas City players working into to the lineup uh, most most of these weeks coming up. After Definitely. All right. Well, guys, that's what I have for the fantasy recap. Uh, <clears throat> fantasy recap plus, because, you know, it's a short short round, round four, so we extended this a little bit with some chit-chat. Uh, anything else that I missed or that I got wrong or that you want to add about fantasy three 
fantasy round three as important fantasy takeaways. There we go. Yeah, I'm going to plug it here because I don't think uh, we don't have it on the rest of the rundown. And I think this is a good spot to really bring it up this week. Sure. Um, I did some more value experiments with it. I know I posted on Twitter my value lineup. This is who I would run if I was strictly playing the value game. Um, Quintero was on that lineup. He posted a four, but still got the full 0.5 increase. His average over three games, so this makes it real easy. We can see that full average is 11 points over three games. He started at 12 million um, this round, up to 12.5 now. So that was a good increase. Um, some of the other guys we saw, I had De Leon and Barath both in there for the value increase as cheaper defenders just to see how it goes. Both of them got the full 0.5 despite putting up uh, twos on the round. So look at that three-week average, especially the previous game. Um, actually, uh, De Leon's average is up a little bit. He's only got the two games in, and he had the monster 13-point game on that first one. So that most recent game is huge for that because it's right there. If you do the three and the five week average, even if they're weighted more heavily to that recent one, that second previous game is still going to be huge. So if somebody goes off, they're probably going to get some holdover value on that. But the game, the third game in the set is going to, is not going to give you nearly as much pull. So just as we're trying to play it, I know last year it was a big issue for the value gains. I'm just trying to be as open as I can about what I'm finding. That way everybody's on a level playing field that wants to follow along with this. Because I hate the idea that somebody unlocks this system and can get a 5 to 10 million boost over somebody who doesn't know quite what's going on and is just picking players. I kind of want this to be a level playing field at the top of the field, and I don't want money to be the sole deciding factor on who gets first and who doesn't. So yeah, that's why definitely. I'm trying to plug this a lot. So there's, I, I saw some of that. Um, and then the new guys, Royer comes in with a 13, goes up 0.5 from uh, 7.5. Uh, Davis went up 0.3 on a 7 point with a 7.5 start. So just under a point per million, and he got a 0.3 increase. So just throwing out some numbers there that, you can see if you exceed your value, you're probably going to get the 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5. If you come in right around it, you're going to hover around that 0. 0.3 increase. And if you're wondering, if you're new and you're wondering why we're talking about a three-week and a five-week average, that was because last year uh, the price value changing was was based on sort of this rolling three- to five-week average that that players had with with their prices. And, and, and that's different a little bit now. We know that the weighting is different, uh, and so we've only had – three weeks to look at so far. So that's why we're looking at our three week average and we know it was important last year. Uh, so after a couple more rounds, we should start to see some people who are working on models, get some of that out and we can see what's, uh, what's looking like uh, the way to go. Yeah. I mean, this, this week is going to be big for that because we're going to get into the fourth week for some of these teams. Um, so, you know, I, I think sorrow might be a really good test case. Um, because his 10 is going to drop off of the three-week average. Um, obviously, I don't know what he'll do this week. But, um, but I mean, he's, he is on the road. You know, Columbus has – so there's a pretty, pretty good chance that he has some, um, like, a lower point. So I, we'll probably see his average go down a little bit, um, at least for the three-week average, maybe not as much for the five-week. So uh, that'll probably be a pretty good sign uh, to kind of follow along and to see. So, um, you know, if you're – you're not if you're new to the game, you don't really want to do a whole lot of price checking out. You want to kind of do a quick, you know, check after round four. That's the person I would look at. Well, I 
I disagree with that because he's got a 15 from this week that he just added. So he's going to replace a 10 with the 15. So yeah, he's going to have a little bit of a drop off, but he's got he's got a huge one in the middle. Um, unfortunately, the guys that I would really be looking at are not here at the moment. I think this is going to be an interesting round to see, but uh, uh, I think New England's going to have some interesting potential here and. A few of the New York guys, I know this is only game two, but we'll see what they do, depending because they're right at that middle price range and see how they fare. Cincinnati is actually a good team to look at because they don't have a buy. Um, mm. So that's uh, – I mean, my, I mean, they don't have a buy ever, I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, or and since he's, first, like, since he's a good one because their first game is bad. Yeah, um, true. Because their second and third game, there's generally better scores. So um, if the dropping off – of, if the three-week average is more is really important, um, and they have a good game this week, uh, we could see a, a lot of increases there. Yep. All right. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for those fantasy insights. We'll get more about value over these next few rounds. So if you have questions about value, uh, send them in. Send them to us on Twitter. Send them to us at r slash MLS. Go to Discord chat. Lots of people talking about value, and we're happy to answer any questions that people have about that. Uh, moving on to our housekeeping section, uh, as we mentioned, this is a huge bye week. There are only 10 teams who are playing at all. So this is a great time for switcheroos, auto-roos, keeperoos, anything. It's going to be super easy this round, uh, and that's going to make a lot of teams probably look kind of similar, uh, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, but, yeah, only 10 teams playing. Be sure to uh, keep that in mind when you're setting your teams or forgetting like Andrew Weeby does sometimes. Uh, I also want to thank all the Patreon members who have uh, joined us this season, everybody who's returned to us. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Uh, thanks to all the new new players. I had, didn't get a chance to look up everything tonight, but we'll give you a shout-out in uh, April for, for all the players. Again, um, thanks for making this show possible by, by donating and participating. We have a fantastic head-to-head -head league. Uh, we've been able to, to get a great sponsor in Beard Care Club to be able to to give back to that. They're going to help us with some prizes and some drawings. So we, we like to do as much as we can for those of you who are, are willing to actually support us uh, with money to help make this fun with, with the prizes and gift cards that we get out. And it's just a great community to be a part of. If you're interested in checking more of that out, head over to patreon.com slash MLSFI and find out more about how you can get involved in the MLS Fantasy Insider community. That's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash MLSFI. Uh, right before Mike's entry news, I'm going to give a quick red card rundown. Um, Unless you have all that, Mike. Uh, no, you had it on the rundown, yes. so go for it. Uh, Montreal <laughs> Diallo it was, it got a red card. He got a straight red card, I believe. Uh, RSL, two red cards that we mentioned before uh, for Savarino and for Silva. And then uh, Portland's Mabiala got a red card as well. So those are the only four teams that uh, had red cards. And uh, only of those teams, or three teams, four players, and only RSL is playing next week. So that'll be juicy. Uh, and now, Mike, with the call-up update. Okay, well, I'll, I'll do throw out some injury stuff first. Um, <clears throat> going for, for this weekend, uh, the two big injuries are Fernando Adi. We mentioned him earlier, coming off with an ankle injury. Um, it, looks, it looks like a big issue, uh, plus Cincinnati is playing on the turf. Of New England this week, uh, I would be very doubtful that he plays this week. Uh, the other one is Velo for the New York Red Bulls. Uh, he just came back from a 
a leg injury, and it looks like he picked up another one on a, on a bad tackle. Um, that probably uh, should have gotten a red card. Um, there may be a disco um, for, for, for a – I don't remember which San Jose player it is. Not that it matters. Jetson. They're they're terrible regardless. What's that? Jetson. Jetson. Um, but uh, I haven't heard an official timeline on that, but um, I, I would be doubtful if Velo plays unless we get some good news later on in the week. Um, and then kind of one other um, injury situation that's brewing is Zlatan. Um, he was expected to come back this week. He didn't. Um, there's been some uh, concerns from Kevin Baxter of the LA Times that um, that injury is a little bit more severe, maybe like an actual ACL injury. Um, no confirmation on that. We know how bad LA Galaxy is as far as injuries. So be aware about that. Um, coming out of the international break, maybe we'll get some news. Uh, we'll see. But I, I just checked and I didn't see – uh, any updates from that. Um, so uh, as far as the call-ups, now one thing I will say is that it looks like MLS Fantasy has updated it so that all the players who are an international um, call-up um, do have a red dot next to their name, so there is an indication. But let, let's go over it um, anyway on the pod just to kind of refresh every, That way you can hear a name be like, oh, yeah, that's right, I can't play him. Um, so uh, uh, FC Dallas is Gonzalez. Um, that's an important one because that's a change uh, because of Zach Steffen, who we'll get to in a little bit. Um, <clears throat> Acosta and Grezo from FC Dallas, so not Kellen Acosta, but FC Dallas is Acosta. Um, for Colorado, I have the only player that they have is Hundley, um, who's a U19 player, so I don't, I don't think he's even been starting for them. Uh, for the Red Bulls, Kaku um, who may not be playing anyway with the, the issue that he's been having uh, on Twitter. Uh, Aaron Long and Murillo for the Red Bulls. So I know those are two big players that players or uh, fantasy manager will be looking at. Um, for Orlando, it's Mendez, uh, Will Johnson, and Benji Mitchell. Uh, for the Union, it's Andre Blake, Burke, Graval, and Real. Um, or Real, I don't know how he says it. Uh, for the crew, it's a whole bunch. Um, Keita, Zardes, Will Trap, uh, Miram, Francis, and Zach Steffen. Now, Zach Steffen was called up, but he's been released from U.S. camp for injury. Um, I'm assuming if he's released from U.S. camp that it's serious enough to keep him out, but that's not a definite. Uh, I mean, for the reason I'm saying that, you know, sometimes we see these games played with injuries, but for Zach Steffen, because he's already been bought by Manchester City and because the work permits in, U- in the U.K., are really dependent upon national team um, appearances. I'm going to assume that if it's serious enough for him to miss national teams, it's serious enough for him to miss a road game against the Philadelphia Union. So um, if you really want him, keep an eye out on them. He'll probably get a – he may get a price rise. He's had two good weeks in a row. But um, I would be very cautious about that and check the lineup. Uh, For LAFC, probably the biggest one is that Carlos Vela was – not called up so he is available this week um and let's just be honest you have to have him in your lineup and you have to captain him um we'll disagree about that the captain part at least but you have to have him on your team um however they are missing a bunch of other players k um christian ramirez got called up uh, el minir and vassal uh, were the call-ups for rsl in addition to those two red cards i have rusnak uh, their new striker johnson and baird um all missing time uh, for the Revolution, it's Same, Renix, and Herval. And then for FCC, it's a whole bunch. Cruz, Waston, Maya, Maddox, and Powell. Um, so a lot of um, starters for Cincinnati are missing. So those are the call-ups. Um, you can see certain teams are hit a little bit worse than others. So um, we'll talk about how that affects them going forward. 
All right, Mike, thank you so much for that uh, review of everything. Uh, we'll try to get, uh, if you type that up, we'll try to get that. Oh, no, you had it posted over at r slash MLS, don't you? Yep. Yeah, it's it's posted on Reddit. A bunch of people have been commenting. Um, I, I think that's complete. I, I worked. Um, also wanted to say, um, big shout out to the people in the Discord chat. We pretty much spent Monday morning <laughs> making up our own list and then comparing notes. Like, wait, you, I, you know, I had Rusnak and, <laughs> you know, so um, very um, big thanks to MC Football of Discord. I uh, wanted to give him a shout out because he did a lot of work on that. And there was a few people on Reddit who posted lists on their own. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, everyone head over to r slash fantasy MLS over at Reddit and uh, check that list if you forgot or didn't follow along with Mike or whatever. But yeah, it's right there. And a shout out to the Discord again. That's all that we have for part one. Be sure to tune in to part two of this episode to catch our player picks. Thanks.